Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Ezra, chapter 3. Here's Pastor Ryan. Fear issues, anxiety over fear, because the fear of man is a snare. The word fear, defined by Webster's 1828, says it's a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger, anxiety, or solitude. Jesus did too much for us. He went through too much on the cross to save us, for us to live in fear and to worry about what man might do to us. And too many people are in bondage and in, in a Babylonian bondage to man still, worried about what people think of us, worried about pleasing everybody, when we should just worry about pleasing the Lord. He's such a wonderful shepherd, but there's so many of us played with fear today. Paul tells us in Romans 8.15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba. Who do the children of Israel belong to, guys? Who's their father? God. Who's our father? God. He pulled us out of bondage. So that we're never in bondage to fear, to death, to sin, or to any man or any woman, to no one. One of the reasons why I love God so much is because he's freed me from the bondage of the most unloving, uncaring childhood that anyone can grow up in. I come from a place of, 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 uh, my childhood was desperately Terrible. And I love God because He's the God of the fatherless. He's adopted me and given me such a good life. Why do I have a good life? Not because of the things I possess, but because of who possesses me, which is the Lord. And I possess Him. I love God. I love Him because, you know, we are free from the bondage of anybody's mistreatments. God didn't save us so that we're people's floor mats. We're to love those who, we're to pray for those who persecute us, yes. And love our enemies. He said it, yes, we are. But that doesn't mean we have to stay as their doormat. If they're hungry, give them something to eat. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And he says, I will cast, you know, um, coals of fire upon their head. And so, you know, um, yeah. Fear is something that plagues so many people. The beautiful verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 is one that many quote, right? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. The word fear is cowardice. God has not given us the spirit of cowardice, but of power and love 
and a sound mind. There's verses all over our Bibles, you know it, where God says, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, be not afraid. They're messing with the wrong kids. How many times? Whether to Joshua and Caleb and Moses. and I mean, everybody got that encouragement from God. Fear not, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In Psalm 56, 11, in God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved or shall be safe. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 4 through 5, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more they can do, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. So the Lord is the one to be, that we are to revere and be in awe. Not to fear man. Not to fear man. So how do we deal with fear when we get fear? With the world getting so crazy as it is, as it has. How do we deal with it? I think, it, I think we deal with it with a lot more prayer than we ever have prayed. I think God wants more time with us than he's ever had with us in our walk with him. I really do. I really do. Everyone who got encouraged in scripture, it's, it's they've had interaction with God. With, with a vision, a dream, through prayer, whatever. It was them spending time with the Lord and the fear went away and they were courageous as we should be in Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to have you turn there with me because I think I'm putting you to sleep. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4. Give me an amen once you're there. Verse 6, or yeah, in verse 6, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so be anxious for nothing, God says here, but by everything by prayer. And it also goes on to say, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue or if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. We're also told that that he keeps those whose minds are on him in perfect peace. So in order to overcome fear, it is to spend time with the Lord in prayer and meditating on his word, meditating on his promises, that he's with you, that he loves you, that nothing can hurt you. 
And as we study his word and spend time with the Lord, faith begins to increase, hope begins to increase, and fear begins to decrease. I mean, I'll be transparent with you. Ever since my eye situation, you know, I've been struggling at, struggling with my eyes for, you know, two years, something like that, 2020. Well, I see things illuminated. It's not, I can't, I need glasses to read, but I see things illuminated. That's the only way I can, little squiggly illuminated floaties, if you will. And it's been quite a challenge. I do good with it most of the time. But other times I think, oh my goodness, I can't see, I can't. I can't, it's hard to think. And the Lord gave me promise. He gave me a promise. He said, the sickness is not unto death before the glory of God. And if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul having his little physical issues, I may have lost, you know, uh, hope. But it is what it is. We have to learn to deal with disabilities we have to learn to deal with social anxieties fear doubts all of those things and we only deal with it by spending time with the lord there is no other remedy but it takes effort and that's where people give up it's too hard to spend quiet time with the lord then that's why people are always afraid. That's why people are always anxious. That's why people are always depressed because it takes too much time and work and we don't have the time or make the time to spend time with the Lord. No matter what problem I have faced, no matter what fears I have faced, they have always gone away instantly as I have begun to pray. I said, that's it. I got to go spend time with the Lord. And I go spend. I sit in my balcony. I go to my backyard. I open up the scriptures. It goes away. And I can't see good, but I can see just fine after I've prayed. And the problems that we have just, they, they, they shrink. The worries you know how it feels. Things are pressuring you, work, money, finances, problems, heartaches, whatever people go through. What's the remedy to feeling better? How can you get through that trial? How can you press through that fear that creeps in? It's only through the Spirit of God, through prayer. You need supernatural, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer. And don't leave till you feel better. And don't leave until you're obedient to what God is telling you to do. And do it. Don't be afraid. And so, that's a lot on fear, but I, it's such a big factor today. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Isaiah 26, verse 3, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Scrolling on our phones isn't going to give us peace. Spending time with the Lord. Spending time. Doesn't matter what heavy thing you're going through. Spend time. The Christianity is we love Jesus and we want to spend time with him. And there's a lot of Christians who just don't want to spend that time with him. It's too much. 
That's why Jesus told the disciples, could you not pray with me one hour? They were spiritually like weak. And when they couldn't cast out the demon from uh, the, the man's young boy, you know, Jesus said, oh, faithless generation, how long must I bear with you? And, and he cast out the demon. And then later they asked him, why could we not cast it out? This, this can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. And a lot of people are just full of fear. And what these guys did when they were, when fear came upon them, they kept building the altar. They didn't stop. They didn't stay at home. They stayed there and they kept building the altar because the way out of fear is to worship the Lord. It's to praise Him. It's to honor Him. It's to live. I'm blessed that fear creeps in when we don't spend enough time with the Lord. I'm blessed that anxiety sets in for people because they haven't spent the time that they need to with the Lord to be at peace. Because if we always felt like a million bucks, would we really seek the Lord? These are his ways of just saying that's just the consequence of not seeking God the way we should. And so... They kept building. They they built the altar. It says, uh, you know, though fear had come upon them because of the people of those countries, they set the altar on its basis and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening burnt offerings. They also kept the Feast of Tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings in the number required by the ordinance for each day. And so here it talks about once the altar was set up, that they did the both the morning and evening sacrifices. This is a daily uh, routine that they would do. They would grab two lambs of the first year, unspotted, bring the first in the morning, slaughter that lamb, Okay, that was one offering to the Lord in the morning. In the evening, they grabbed the other lamb, they brought him, and they did the same thing. This was a daily thing that they did. It's almost like God was implanting in his people, you know, we need this daily interaction. Christianity is not a religion. It's a, it's a relationship. We believe it. You've heard it said. It's a relationship. God meant it to be an everyday thing. So we see the Israelites every morning bring that lamb. Every evening bring that lamb. As Christians, Jesus says, abide in me every day. And I in you. And you shall bear much fruit. Just stick to me every single day. We are to spend time with the lamb of God. Morning, afternoon, evening. Just to be connected to the Lord. He meant it to be like that. They had daily uh, offerings. And... It speaks to, to my heart when Jesus was, when he prayed the Our Father prayer, he said, give us this day our what? Our daily bread. There are, in this relationship we have with Jesus, it's a daily dependency upon the Lord. It's a daily, just because we prayed yesterday or read the Bible yesterday, it does very little for us today. What have you done today? Have you gone to Jesus for provisions, for strength, for love and peace and guidance and direction? It's a daily thing that God uh, meant it to be. Charles Spurgeon in his devotion said this. He said, a daily portion is all that a man really wants. 
We do not need tomorrow's supplies. That day is not yet dawned, and its wants are as yet unborn. The thirst which we may suffer in the month of June doesn't need to be quenched in February, for we do not feel it yet. If we have enough for each day as the days arrive, we shall never know want. Sufficient for the day is all that we can enjoy, day in and day out, coming before the Lord. We can't stockpile, you know, strength of the Holy Spirit for next week or tomorrow or three days from now. It's what you need every day. And that's why the system, you can see it. It was just a shadow of what the Lamb of God was going to want with his people. Daily communion with the Lord. And then they also began to just go all out and, and celebrate the feast. And there were three feasts that they would celebrate, the Passover, uh, the Feast of First Fruits, and uh, the Feast of Tabernacles that is mentioned here. All of them have to do with commemorating what God had provided for them and, and had blessed them with. The Passover, how he saved them out of Egypt, the bondage of Egypt, uh, the the uh, Feast of Weeks, which celebrated the first fruits of the harvest as they were dedicating uh, their grain offerings to the Lord, thanking Him for the bread and the physical provisions that He gave to them. And then the Feast of Tabernacles, which really looked back at how God took care of them in the wilderness for 40 years and how they lived in booths and how water was provided for, for them from the rock. And it just commemorated what God had done for them. And so how do we apply that to our lives? Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. God has taken care of you and I so well, hasn't he? Or do we need to remember? He has. We are so forgetful, though. I know I am. Especially when trials and pressures hit, you're just like, you, you, you're so focused on what you're dealing with. You, you don't stop to look around and remember all that he has done for you in the past and me. He has never let me down. We've let him down. We've fallen short. We've sinned against him. We've trespassed against him. We did our own thing and suffered some of those consequences. And if by God's grace, we didn't suffer some of them and it's all good, but he's never hurt us, not once. Never has done us wrong. Other people have done us wrong. We have done other people wrong. We have hurt the Lord but he has never heard us. He's always been good. And it's, it's a good reminder that we just remember as they reflected and, and you know, did the Feast of Tabernacle. Hey, God provided, the, he's going to provide for you. God is your defense. God is your strength. God is your shield. God is your father. God is just, you know, he's all these things to us and more. Afterwards, verse 5, they offered the regular burnt offering 
and those for new moons and for all the appointed feasts of the Lord that were consecrated and those of everyone who willingly offered a free will offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, although the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not been laid. And so they had the altar, but the foundation of the actual temple had not been built. All they have is the barbecue. And it says here that they were offering, you know, these sacrifices even before the foundation was laid. But I would say this, they were laying down the foundation before the foundation was laid. You feel me? The real foundation to the nation of Israel wasn't the physical foundation of the temple. It was their foundation of their faith in God and worshiping him at the altar. That was the foundation to the foundation that's not even built yet. That is the foundation of every Christian family, or it should be. Not the tile or the wood or the carpet that we have on our floor, on our, not the cement block and the rebar of our homes. That's not the foundation to our lives. That foundation is only as strong as the foundation of our faith and obedience to Christ. The most important thing that we need to be doing is putting our trust and faith in Christ and obeying his word. That is where all blessings stem from. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, we'll end there. Turn there with me, please. Matthew 6. Verse 25. He says, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the storms and the waves came and beat upon that house and it stood because it was founded on the rock. But the foolish man is he who hears these sayings of mine and um, does not do them. He's like a man who built his house on sand. And when the winds and the waves came, it knocked it down. Great was its fall. So if you think about our, your life, my life, the greatest foundation that we can work on is not the physical one, it's the spiritual one. It's spending time with the Lord. Our marriages will be stronger. Our relationship with our children will be stronger. Our relationships with one another will be stronger. And um, it basically uh, <clears throat> says here, um, you know, that the foundation of the temple had not been laid, but in reality they were building it just by there. In verse 7 it says, They also gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food, drink, and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar logs from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa, according to the permission which they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. So the altar was built. They began to worship the Lord, praise the Lord. They came together as one. And everything is being brought together in order to build the foundation of the temple and to rebuild it. It's like you can't build anything until you get the foundation, which is Christ first. We must worship the Lord first. Everything else will figure itself out. Amen?
Father, we thank you for your word. Um, we pray that it would bear fruit in our hearts, Lord. We thank you so much for this temple that you've given us, Lord. It's a miracle that we have this place, and we thank you for it tonight. Lord, we pray that it would continue to uh, be built up, refurbished, and that, Lord, the provisions for it would, would be uh, received in your time, and that we would just uh, continue to work on that foundation, which is our faith in your Son, Jesus. You say in your word, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things shall be added to us. So, Lord, help us to put you first, Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.